preview the NBA draft all night long. Go Brandon Miller. I'm Go so Brandon Miller. I'm so excited. Go. Why? For the draft? Yeah, I really am. This is yeah. going to be a really, like, tr it's a transformational draft for my team. And it was last year when I wanted us to get either Ben Matherin or Shaden Sharp, and we got Shaden Sharp. I actually think Shaden Sharp will end up being the better pro, uh, which I did not think last year, but I, I really do right now. He's, That's tough. I like both guys, though. I really, really do, too. Yeah. And if you look back at what Ben Matherin did in college, because I've been, you know, doing some scouting on these players right now that are coming into the draft, and, you know, Ben, ben Matherin, actually, if you think about it and if you, like, look at it, He's actually done so many different things. So the only there's only a few players in college that finish with 35 plus dunks and 60 plus threes in their freshman year. Uh, uh, Matherin was one of them. Uh, Matherin also was one of the players only to have a 36 percent free throw rate and 75 made threes in a season, including him, ben, uh, Brandon Ingram, Jabari Smith, and Trey Young. Yeah. So Ben Matherin really is a guy you look back at and you say, man, he was really a no brainer for top five. But I actually still like Shaden Sharp and his upside more based on, like, his positional versatility. So I'm just super excited for, really, Portland to draft Scoot. Uh, if we end up getting Brandon Miller, I will be sad because you know how I feel about him. But at the end of the day, I've made my peace with it. You'll also be sad because I'll be working at McDonald's. Most likely. Uh, like, on the weekends. Yeah. Make you'll work here, too, but you'll yeah. also work there's, at McDonald's in the mornings yeah, and on the there's weekends. There's nothing wrong with, with having with doing two jobs. That. Yeah, but you know, will, will I, I, I don't want to do it. Will I get free burgers? Like, will I still get free burgers, or will you, like, not Well, I think I would actually that? probably work at Banchan right here, because yeah. then I could just go door to door, you know? Yeah, that would actually be great. Wings. That's actually a great idea. I've, I've, uh, I've been, so I actually, I used to work at a place called Maury's Table back home in Joliet. It's my favorite pizza. Maury's Table, right? No, Maury's. Oh, Maury's yeah, Table. This, I could actually, I got, I get all the Midwest words, right? All okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, but, so I started off as a dishwasher when I was, like, 14, 15. It was just a good excuse to just yeah. get... Uh, just to have fun with my friends. So then, though, I worked myself up, and I actually became a uh, cook there. I used to make the pizzas. I explained this to my son. He's like, Daddy, how do you make pizzas? And I told him all about it. I'd get the dough. I'd throw it in the little dough maker, roll it out there, put the holes in, because you don't want the pizza all puffy, put the sauce on, put the cheese on, all the toppings. So great. So I think I could probably go over to Banchan and probably serve up some wings. You know what else I could serve up tonight? Some winners, hopefully, as we got the uh, first five over. Rangers, White Sox, over five. The full game total is nine and a half. Perez against Kopech. I also gave out the Angels. That's minus 145 on the money line against the Dodgers. Let me throw out one more as a little bonus bet because I, th I uh, told the people that they had to wait until hour number three. But, you know, sometimes I just like to fib. Not lie. I don't lie. Uh, Padres, money line. The Giants are the hottest team I keep saying this about everybody. The Reds are really hot. The Cubs are really hot. And then your Giants are really hot right now. It's a bullpen game for them, though. And they're going to go with uh, Sean Manaya, who's thrown 12 and two-thirds his last three games. He's given up eight earned runs on nine hits. He's given up two walks. And you look at the current Padres lineup, 36 for 111 against him with nine doubles, six homers, 21 RBI. And San Diego right now has been crushing lefties. Uh, even though they can't win a game, unfortunately. You Darvish on the mound tonight. He's actually struggled his last four starts. He's given up 17 earned runs, 22 hits, six walks across 20 innings. But I think this is a bounce-back performance. You look at the Giants lineup that's going tonight, 29 for 98 with just eight homers and 60 RBIs against uh, Darvish in their career. So Padres money line, White Sox, Rangers, first five over five, Angels money line all tonight in Major League Baseball. That's three picks. Really wanted to take Wake Forest in college baseball, but decided not to. 
uh, just because right now they can't hit. They play LSU big game tonight, and I'm two wins away from winning $850 thanks to my Florida Gators who got it done today against TCU. You want to talk some NBA draft? I do. I think you do. With our man, Raphael Barlow. Let's do that right now. Raphael, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you tonight? Doing good, man. It's a busy time of year, but it's a good time. I am so happy and excited to have you on. Thank you for making it work. I know that you're doing a bunch of different things. Uh, I need, first and foremost, to get your perspective on whether there's a real smokescreen going on in Charlotte because last year, Adrian Wojnarowski put out the day before the draft and the morning of the draft that the the Magic were definitely taking Jabari Smith, that all signs pointed to him. And then an hour before the draft, things changed very quickly and he had to backpedal. Is there a possibility that's what's happening uh, this year with Charlotte? Yeah, it's always a possibility. And the funny thing about that, I, I spoke to Paolo Bancaro's mom and dad this morning at the official NBA hotel. And then I happened to introduce them to Brandon Miller's agent and they just kind of had a little joking side conversation about it and how at one point it looked like it was you know right now it looked like it's trending towards Brandon Miller but you just never know until the last minute and Paolo's dad had mentioned it was probably like 30 minutes before the draft that they knew Paolo was going number one so it could be smokescreen but it could definitely change over the next I guess 24 hours or a little less than that. So to you, Rafael, if you were to be a betting man, would you still take Brandon Miller to go to? Yeah, I would. I would. I think Charlotte is comfortable with Miller because he's more so of a plug-and-play guy. You can put him next to LaMelo Ball. And while a school, it wouldn't be a perfect fit. Although some people may think that he's the more talented player, but I think Brandon Miller is the easier fit and more versatility, and he's a better shooter, which is one of Scoot's uh, biggest question marks. Yeah, you look at the third overall pick. Any chance anybody other than Scoot then would go third overall, and how do you think a possible fit with him and Dame on the floor would look? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that fit, um, and it, it could definitely uh, cause a domino effect with Portland, but I do think there is a chance. I wouldn't bet on it, but I think there's a chance that, that um, you know, Portland could really take a long, hard look at Amon Thompson also, so It'd be interesting. Just a few months back, we thought Scoot was a lock to go number two. And now there's a chance, slim chance, but there is a chance that he could fall to number four. You know, one of the biggest risers in this draft, Rafael, is Kobe Bufkin. I love him. I love his size. I love his versatility. A bunch of teams have needs that he would fit very easily in. Uh, where do you see him landing? Like, what would be his floor and what would be his ceiling in terms of, like, positional draft? And what do you think explains his his rapid rise up the board? Interesting. I had a conversation with his mom earlier today, and we just kind of talked about how he started school early. And so he's really the same age as a lot of the freshmen. He's actually younger than his teammate, Jed Howard. So I think teams are starting to take that into account is that he is the same age as his peers his freshman peers but he has two years of experience and if he would have came into this season with all the hype that some of the other freshmen had then he would be right up there in that that mix to be a lottery lottery pick which I think he is now but he just didn't have that same buzz coming into the season I think his floor might be Atlanta and I've, I've heard from multiple people that he is the type of guy that Sam Presti loves to have but 
the, the big concern there is like where is their minutes in OKC? They just have a lot of guards there. Yeah, a quick follow-up, though. Do you think there's a possibility maybe that Washington would take him at eight, or do you think that they're going to go with a playmaking guard uh, like Anthony Black? I think it's a possibility that, that they could take him at eight. But right now, it seems like Anthony Black is a favorite to go number eight to Washington, but, I mean, Washington could end up making some trades or some moves mm. also. So you just never know. I mean, I think this is going to be a wild and, and crazy night tomorrow. And it's, it's interesting because this was a draft that people thought was really, really strong coming in. But how often do you see a class that is considered really strong and you can say almost all the teams in the top 10 outside of San Antonio are rumored to be looking to possibly move the pick or trade up or trade down? You think Detroit tries to move the fifth overall pick? I feel like they would want to. And uh, also, you know, who do you think the favorite should be to go fifth overall? Because for me, that's when the draft really begins because I wanted it to be Cam Whitmore really bad. I got him plus 400. He was really chalky. Now, doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like it's between Thompson and probably uh, Jarris Walker. What do you think happens at five overall, though? You know, I, I don't know if the, the Cam Whitmore stuff is smokescreen. Like, they've talked about some injuries, but he had an injured thumb. Like, I mean, it's not like it's a knee or back. So I have heard some, some people say that it might be smokescreen there. Um, I would still take him at number five. I mean, I would even take Cam at number four yeah. if Houston brings James Harden along. I, I just don't think Harden and um, and Thompson would, would be the best would be the best fit. But no, I think it's I think it's smokescreen. I think he's still in the mix at five. The Jarris Walker talk is interesting because Detroit their roster is already unbalanced as is. I mean, of course they can make some moves, but adding another four, five to Detroit's roster <laughs> would be very interesting. Yeah, I was wondering that too. And and you know, Troy Weaver said in his recent presser that their entire goal is to swing for the fences. If you're swinging for the fences in your Detroit. Who do you think has the highest upside at five? Maybe a sore Thompson. Mm -hmm. or, I mean, I, I would say Cam Whitmore, but maybe a sore Thompson. They could even swing for the fences with uh, Taylor Hendricks. Mm. I mean, Taylor reminds me of Jabari Smith in a sense, and Jabari was a guy that everybody thought was going to go number one <laughs> 365 days ago. So it's, it's going to be a crazy night, but I, I think that Detroit is probably going to lean with Whitmore. That would be my guess. What do you think is a good fit for a guy like Jordan Hawkins or even a guy like Grady Dick, two of the better shooters in the draft? Where do you see them going? A little bit higher or maybe falling a little bit later in the first round? Oh, I think I think one will go in the lottery. Maybe both. I mean, you look at Orlando at 11 and Toronto at 13. Both of those teams really, really need shooting. Like, really need shooting. Orlando was one of the worst teams in the league in, in three-point shooting. And then Toronto has a bunch of wings, but not a lot of wings that can space the floor. So I would say I think Grady goes to Orlando. And then I would say Jordan Hawkins could go as high as 13 to Toronto. I don't know if he gets past the Lakers at 17. Interesting. I'm curious your perspective. Which player do you think Rafael fall outside the lottery but you think ends up being the best NBA player long term in that non-lottery slot um you know it could be that's a tough question because a guy like Nick Smith could fall outside the lottery I think there's a small chance Keontae George could fall outside the lottery but the guy that I'm high on and I think is gonna fall in the late first round is Gigi Jackson mm. and I think as far as just talent wise he's a top 10 talent 
but he's just young. He reclassified up, and he started the season off at 17. He's only 18 now. And he's only eligible to be in this draft by 14 days. And to put it into perspective, if Kobe Buskin tried to enter the draft last year, he wouldn't have even been mentioned just because he he started off, you know, he was a young freshman, wasn't the most productive, while Gigi was productive as a freshman, averaged 15 points per game, and teams are a little worried about his age. So imagine, well, how I see it is imagine if he comes back next year as an 18-year-old sophomore, mm. and I think he would be the number one pick in the 2024 draft. Wow. So... If I, and he was the number one player in his high school class before he reclassified up. So on one hand, some people feel like trying to get to the NBA earlier was a mistake. It may have cost him a lot of money on the front end, but a team could draft him in the late first round, maybe even mid-first round, develop him for a year, and just you could end up with one of the, the better players in this class. Oh, that's fascinating. Great answer. Uh, I like you, love Bilal Koulibaly. Uh, he's been rumored to go to OKC. You mentioned the big question mark around OKC is just who's getting the minutes. What do you think their draft strategy is going to be? We have about a minute. Yeah, I've heard multiple people say Sam Presti, the general manager, just wants to collect the most talent. And it's kind of concerning for some agents because they're like, you know, is, is there a, a guaranteed roster spot as far not roster spot, but is it guaranteed minutes behind all the young guys that they already have? But I think Bilal's going to be gone. I, I I would bet that he's gone before the Thunder pick. You think he'll go nine to the Jazz? I heard nine, but I heard it could be higher. Wow! Wait, really quickly, yep. about 10, 15 seconds. <laughs> what what do you think the, the fastest Bilal could go? I don't know. I was trying to ask. Seven? But I, I, I just heard a smirk, and they said nine. He might be gone by nine. Wow. From multiple people. you got to look so. at that draft position. Yeah, we really do. That's interesting stuff. Raphael Barlow, thanks so much, man. NBA Big Board. Check him out at NBABigBoard.com. Thanks so much, man. Enjoy the draft tomorrow night. No problem. Thank you guys for having me on.